to Luke chapter 10. You know, it's so encouraging to live in the South Bay area. Amen. And uh, be able to take the opportunity and have a park service like this. Uh, I'm sure you feel the same way, but I, I feel so grateful for the South Bay Church. And the family that we have here. The multi-generation family that we have here. People from all different walks of life. Uh, it's so encouraging to meet together. And, uh, you know, today we will continue this topic of the journey, the journey of the heart. And uh, please turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. Scroll your Bibles, your phones, all of that. Amen. Let's go ahead and uh, let's say a quick prayer. And then we'll start reading because I know you want to have some some food here uh, later on. So we'll get started here. Father, thank you for uh, such a beautiful day. God, we thank you for your word that we don't have to guess what you want from our lives, that we can actually know exactly what, how, what, and where, God, you want from us. Thank you so much, God, that you go out of your way to display your love for us, that you go out of your way through the word and through life, God, to show us that you believe in us, that you want us to be your sons and your daughters. Thank you for the people in our lives who have great faith, that are either reaching out to us or encouraging us or serving us, God, to have our own faith. Father, we love you. We pray that you would bless uh, our study this morning, that we can walk away filled up. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 10. We'll start in verse 38. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her door to him. So here's Jesus and his disciples walking around. So you have 13 dirty, hungry guys walking around. And one brave soul, one brave woman has, says, Hey, go ahead. Come into my home. I'm going to make you a meal for the guys. Hallelujah. They're all fired up. This is what I enjoy about following Jesus. They probably said to each other. Right? But what a brave woman to welcome these 13 guys on the spot into their home for a meal. We'll continue reading in verse 39. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Got to love that about Jesus, that even though he was invited for a meal, he takes that opportunity to still teach. In verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Parents are like, yeah, I hear this a lot. Verse 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken from her. You know, you just got to love this passage. As a parent, man, it just hits right at home. You know, if you're married, it hits home. If you're single, it hits home. If you're a teen wrapping up the second semester school year, man, it, hit, it hits home. And you just got to appreciate Martha. What a great woman. 
so hospitable, so courageous, so generous, that she brings in these 13 guys and she starts preparing this meal. And she sees that her sister's just kind of sitting down. You ever have someone over for dinner and then the person that's going to help you, it's just not helping? It can be a little irritating, right? In fact, it'll probably happen today. Some of us are serving and someone else is just having chips. Not helping. You got to appreciate Martha. She went to the right person for help, right? She said, hey, Lord, tell her to help me. She says, hey, don't you care? And so we see all these great qualities about Martha, but then we see her heart. You know, one thing about her heart that we see here is that she has an assumption about God. And what is her assumption? Her assumption is, when something doesn't go my way, Jesus, don't you care? You know, we can relate to that. I can relate to that. When something doesn't go my way, man, Jesus, don't you care? What an assumption that she makes, that you and I can both, can both make. It says that she was distracted, but then it also says that she was doing all the preparations that had to be made. So she had to prepare the meal. She had, she invited Jesus. But then later on it says that Mary, Jesus told Martha, Mary chose what is better. You know, the journey of the heart really, it's obvious, right? We choose what is right or we choose what is wrong. But when you choose what is right, sometimes you can start choosing what is good when you're in the path with God over what is better. And what Martha did here, she started to do what is right. She offered her home to Jesus. She offered her help to his ministry, to his cause. Said, come on in. Let me prepare a meal for you and your boys. You know, the 12, the 12 guys were like, yeah. What is she going to make? But then when Martha chose what was right, now in that connection with God, she started choosing what was good rather than what was better. I believe if you're here today, you've chosen what is right or you want to choose what is right, which is to have a relationship with God, to either start one or to continue one or to renew your relationship with God. So we're all here. We chose what was right. But now we got to ask ourselves, are we choosing what is good or are we choosing what is better? Are you with me right here? I love how she just came at Jesus. Don't you care? Tell her to help me. You just talk. I mean, I wonder what the guys were saying. Like, ooh, let's see what's going to happen right here. Right? Guys can stay quiet at times, but we're watching. We're listening. The wisdom of a man. Something like that. And I appreciate how Jesus responds to her. And you see Jesus' gentle but honest reply. 
He says, Martha, Martha. You know, when you, your parent calls you by name, it's like, all right, let me pay attention right here. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. You know, Jesus didn't address the meal issue. He didn't address, hey, why are you assuming that about me that I don't care? He didn't address any of those things. He just went right for the main issue, the root of the problem. And what was the root of the problem for Mary? It wasn't even that situation at home. Overall, her heart was bent on worry. And she had a lot of feelings stuffed up inside her heart that made her upset about many things. I'm sure this was not the first time Martha heard this from someone. I'm sure many people, man, you're always upset, Martha. I'm sure Mary probably said that to her. Her neighbors probably said that to her, maybe probably behind her back. But Jesus addresses in a way where he says, here's the problem. But you have a choice. And if we go back here to verse 40. One, it says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. In her desire to serve Jesus and make that meal, she forgot And I think as Jesus was there teaching, I think she was hearing Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus, that's true. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I don't think she was listening to Jesus. You know, moms, isn't it challenging when you have a full-on family, right? And you have a lot of responsibilities in the home. A lot of different things that you have to think about that your husband maybe doesn't naturally think about. Right? It's it's, it's a gift. But sometimes it becomes a little bit of a curse. And you end up becoming someone who's worried and upset about a lot of things. And then that leads to an unhappy relationship with God. An unsatisfying relationship with God. And that may even lead to some assumptions about God. Maybe he doesn't care about me. Maybe I'm never going to change this about me. Can you relate to that? And I appreciate what Jesus says. Hey, no, no, it's okay. You just have to make better choices. Choose what is better. Listen to me. You know, moms, we, you can tell, right, when your children are hearing you and when they're listening to you. Wives, you can tell when your husband is hearing you and when he's listening to you. And I think we've got to ask ourselves, moms, women, am I hearing Jesus in my walk with him or am I listening to him. Amen. 
you know, I'm sure Mary thought or Martha thought, hey, if I just have Jesus over, that's going to really boost up my spiritual connection here. But, you know, that wasn't it. That was a good choice, but it wasn't the better one. You know, just a simple church attendance is going to help you a little connect with God a little bit more, but that's not going to do it. And I know you guys had a wonderful Women's Day yesterday. Talked about in detail about the journey of the heart. If you hear anything from me, women today, is choose what is better. You've already chosen what was right. Now that you've chosen what is right, choose what is better. Well, what is that? Choose to listen to Jesus. Well, what does that mean? Choose to study the Bible. Clear up your assumptions about how God feels about you. Don't be worried about, don't overthink studying the Bible. Like, I don't know if I can really change. Okay, you're just worrying right now. Right? Maybe this morning coming to a park service, you're already worried. Maybe if I said, hey, you got to study the Bible, you got to choose that, you don't like that, maybe you're already upset a little bit. Don't be worried. Don't be upset. Choose to listen to Jesus. I love how Jesus, after addressing Martha's complaint, he doesn't say, now you need to listen to me. He empowers her by saying, you can also choose what is better. Women, you, don't we appreciate that how Jesus, don't you appreciate how Jesus can empower you to make the right choices, the better choices? Got to love that about Jesus. Women, my, my encouragement again here to you today is choose to listen to Jesus by having a personal Bible study this week. Amen? By having your personal time with God outside of those studies where you're not hearing the Bible, but you're listening to him. My relationship with God was transformed when I was taught how to read the Bible. You're like, what, what do you mean? It was, I didn't know where to start. It was kind of boring. I started in Genesis like four times, and after Genesis 7, I mean, whew, what in the world is happening? What does this word mean? And I started yawning, you know, start yawning and all that. But I was instructed and taught, hey, why don't you start with the book of John? Find out what Jesus said first. And, you know, some things in the Bible are a little difficult to understand at times. But the simplest, most easy to understand is Jesus and salvation. The most important things to understand from the Bible is Jesus and salvation. That's by design from God. Choose to listen to him. You know, it's interesting that. Jesus also says, hey, if you choose this, no one can take this from you. You know, sin can take a lot of things away from us. Friends, relationships, reputation, integrity, guilty conscience, I mean... Sin can take so much. God is saying, hey, if you choose to listen to me, no one can take this away. In Romans 8, verse 38, it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Women choose what is better and listen to him so that, that will, this relationship, this love with God will never be taken away. And that's a promise from Jesus. Amen? Amen. So what are the guys doing with all this interaction is going on? What do they say in this passage? Nothing. The Bible is true. You know, the guys were just kind of sitting there the whole time watching this. And you have to think that some of the guys were really happy that Martha walked in and rushed at Jesus and said, Hey, get Mary to help me. Because what do you think the guys are thinking about? Food! And I'm sure the guys are sitting there listening to Jesus. Oh, yeah, I heard this in the other village. It's really good. But they're like, man, why is Mary just kind of sitting there? If Mary goes and helps Martha, I mean, we can probably get this meal going. And then Martha comes in, and I'm sure the guys were like, yes, come on. Come on, Jesus, get Mary in there. And then obviously Jesus' response probably made some of them a little sad. Like, oh, I'm going to, it's going to be a while before we eat, guys. Right? They're a little, a little upset. You know, what we can tell about men, about us men in this passage is that we can be described as hungry and silent. They were hungry and they were silent. But, you know, if we read verse 1, something unique happens to these men in chapter 11. So let's continue right here. Chapter 11, verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father. And then he goes on by continuing to, and he gives us an outline of how we can pray. But that first word, one of the most radical thoughts of the New Testament, that we can address the Creator God as Father. So these guys go from being just hungry and silent, not saying anything, so afterwards, I'm sure they had their meal and they're walking to the next place, the next day, the next week. And they're, it says there in verse 1 that they hear Jesus praying. Can you imagine hearing Jesus' prayer? The Bible says that he was sinless. It also says that he was tempted in every way. One of those reasons was because he was God in the human flesh, but also that he can relate to us. So here's Jesus who is being tempted in every way. How do you think his prayers were like? Because that day he's going to be tempted. And if he falls short, there's no salvation plan. Wow. Can you imagine hearing his prayer? Hebrews 5 kind of gives us a glimpse about how, how his prayers were like. It says that with loud cries and tears he would pray. Fighting off temptation and selfishness from his own heart, fighting to have love for the unlovable. These guys heard Jesus' prayer and they were moved. And that hunger and silent 
became humble and teachable. So man, today my challenge to you is to go from hunger, from hungry and silent to humble and teachable. And so they asked, Jesus, teach us to pray. Because they just heard him pray. And they're like, man, I want to pray like you. Plus, they just saw how Jesus interacted with a woman who was worried and upset and was complaining to him. Every guy's like, oh, I want to learn how to talk to women like that. Whenever I'm approached and they're a little upset and they're a little mad, now I know what to do. Perhaps one of them rushed home and, oh, that's how you talk to women. Okay, I'm going to go home to my wife right now. You know, he gets there. He's having interaction. And maybe he was like, wife, you're always upset. You're always worried. Stop freaking out. It's okay. Now you need to listen to me. And here's what I'm going to say. Go get me some food. Why can't you be like Mary. That's probably how the guys, guys, we do that, right? Wrong tone, wrong timing, wrong thing to say. They kind of messed that one up. But they were intrigued and moved when they saw Jesus in action. You know, man, I don't know if you've seen Jesus in action. Our world depicts Jesus as a religious, soft, nice little shepherd guy. But when you look at Jesus, you see the boldness, the courage, the humility, the radicalness. The wisdom to interact with women who are having a hard time. And the ability to inspire men to want to be like him. Men, who taught you how to pray? Jesus said right there, hey, when you pray, say, Father. You know, man, what do your dads teach you about God? Men, what are you going to teach your kids about God? When your sons and daughters see you in action, what are they learning about God from you? My challenge to you this morning is to be go from hungry and silent to humble and teachable. You know, later on, let's go read here in verse 11. He says, as Jesus is convincing them to pray, he says, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give himself a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, just kind of slide in on there in case they forgot, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give to the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know, I appreciate Jesus trying to connect with the guys, and so he brings up dad. Anytime you bring up dad with any guy, there's some emotions, there's some challenges, there's some great memories, and there's some pain. It's just a balance of everything. And Jesus brought up dad to the guys. And he brought up good things about dad. Hey, your dad's giving you great things. He wasn't perfect. He tried his best. But even though in his worst moments, he still somehow provided. And so will you. 
But he's getting them to think, but someone else can be your father here. And that's God. And he is perfect. And he is not like your own dad. So you can be sons of the Almighty. And they started being even more humble. And they started being even more teachable. And they started being even more inspired by the real Jesus. And then something even more intense happens. In verse 14. Jesus was driving out a demon that was what? Just checking if you're reading. Mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke and the crowd was amazed. It's so fitting to go from Martha and Mary's home, and the guys are just kind of watching, to go into, let me teach you how to pray, and now here's what happens. Here's the battle. You know, as men, we love a good battle. Some of us are still believing the Lakers can make a comeback. May the Lord be with you. But I'm encouraged that they made it. It was a battle this year, right? I was worried and upset about many things with the Lakers. But I'm so encouraged this week because the 49ers made some great picks. You know, we love sports. We love those the different battles. We love pursuing our career. We love, you know what I mean, all those things. If you're single, you're, you're looking to rescue your princess. God created that in you. But sometimes we don't choose what is better. We choose what is good. Sometimes we don't even choose what is right. We choose what is wrong. And sometimes the missing link is that no one, there has been a spiritual older man who has taught us to be a spiritual man. But we have the opportunity to be that here in the church. And we have the opportunity to be that for our kids. You know, my kids... Little Rara, Ezra, and Noah. His name's Noah Marley. Got to throw it in there. They have a great opportunity to have a great spiritual father. That sounds really prideful. I know. I'm saying they have that opportunity. But you know what? It's still a 50-50 chance. Because who knows what turns of my heart and my journey I can take. I'm always one decision away from ruining my family. From ruining my kids. It's a newborn and it's a two-year-old. Man, a lot of battles can happen where I can lose and I can be a bad example to my kids. But these guys, they saw Jesus. They saw Jesus in action and he drove out a demon. Is that the Jesus that you grew up learning about? The one that drove out a demon? And what was this demon? It was a mute demon from a man. You know, I've been a teen leader for 10 years coming up in September. I love it. You know, one of the reasons my role exists, the role of a youth minister, the role of a teen leader exists, one of the reasons, not the only reason, just one of them is because there is a lack of spiritual men. Because we end up having the talk. We end up teaching about honoring women. Because we end up teaching about following the true God because dad hasn't taught that. In the church and certainly outside 
of the church. The, de- the mute demon attacks us all, man. Passivity is the end of manhood. We saw in Adam when he just stood silent next to Eve as she took the fruit. We saw it in the home with those 12 guys where they said nothing. All they wanted to do was eat. But then finally, the lights came on and they said, hey, teach us to pray. And Jesus is like, that's what I was waiting for. Say, Father. And when you start being a man of God, here's how you fight off evil. And they rebuke a demon. And later on, Jesus goes even to say, even to take even a further step in verse 21 and 23. And we'll wrap it up right here. He says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, He takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divided up the spoils. So as a man is there guarding his family, guarding his marriage, guarding his heart, guarding his integrity. But it says if someone stronger than him, talking about the evil one, comes and overpowers him, he loses everything. He loses his heart. For God, he loses his conscience, he loses his integrity, he may even lose his marriage, he may lose the respect of his children. This is the fight that men are in. So men, are you hungry and silent or will you be humble and teachable so that you can pass on your faith, true faith, to your children and teach them about the real Jesus? About the loving Father that we have in God. And in verse 23, Jesus says, He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. What's Jesus addressing to the guys? Stop being passive, stop being silent, stop being prideful. Stop trusting in your own armor. You're going to be overpowered. There's only one armor that can defeat the evil one. And that's the armor of God. And that's in Ephesians chapter 6. So, women, my encouragement to you is choose to listen. Choose what is better. And have a Bible study. Men, choose to be humble, to be teachable to God's word so that you too can put on the right armor. So that you too can have a relationship with the true father. So that you too can end passivity in your family and pass it on to your young men, to your daughters, so they could be equipped. Jesus chose to die for us. He chose to lose his place, to be condemned even though he was innocent. He chose to pray each and every day to be righteous, to be honest, to be pure. He chose to pray and wrestle to be courageous. And then he gave it all up so that we can have it all. 
Women, we have the right here to make the right choice. Men, we have the right here to make the right choice because Jesus gave us that. Let's go to prayer. Let's have a great meal. We're going to go ahead and pray for a communion right now. And as we're praying, as we're thinking about communion, as, as, you're, as you're taking the juice that represents the blood and the bread that represents his body, think about and understand God wants you to choose. For a woman, choose to listen. If you're a man, choose to be humble and teachable. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the courage that we have in Jesus, for the boldness. I love how Jesus was so honest and so gentle with women. And I love how honest and how real he was with men. Thank you for the real Jesus. Help us as a people to choose you, to listen to you, to be humble and to be teachable, God, to protect our relationship with you to protect our marriages, God, or our future marriages, God, to protect our hearts, to protect our families. Father, as we take communion, we remember that you died for us as a cheer, Father, as an encouragement, as faith in us that we can make the right decisions. Thank you for having faith in us. We pray we too can die to ourselves and meet you halfway. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. I want to say thank